Hello, everybody. Ella J here on behalf of WrestleZone. And today I am joined by one of Australia's fastest rising stars, Lena Cross. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic to be catching up with you. You've had a hell of a year, my friend, which we will get into in a bit. The last time that we were talking, you were talking about your hope to really get the gas pumping on your career and expanding your horizons. The first step in doing that was obviously moving out of Perth and relocating to Sydney. Obviously a much bigger city, but more importantly, it made it more accessible for you to travel and have all these more opportunities. So can you talk about how this move has impacted you personally and professionally? Yeah, that feels like a lifetime ago we had that chat. (laughs) Um, But both personally and professionally, the move was 100% the best thing. Um, personally, I was going through a lot of things back in Perth and removing myself out of there gave me opportunity to really just focus on myself without worrying about anyone else. Um, so I think that was really important with where I was in that time of my life. Um, and then professionally, like you said, just the accessibility of being, in a highly populated uh, city and closer to other highly populated cities where Perth is the most isolated city in the world. Um, So getting yourself out there is that much harder. Um, And yeah, as, as I've seen the last year being, being based over on the East coast of Australia definitely helped uh, my professional career. Yeah, and and as per your Instagram bio, you dream of traveling the world, which you've been able to do quite a bit since the last time I talked to you, you know, especially in the last year. We'll talk about your ventures into the United States last year, first of all, which primarily was in association with WrestlePro, where you competed to crown the inaugural WrestlePro Women's Champion. You competed in the tournament. So can you kind of talk about your experience in that tournament, which then led to you facing Lady Frost in the finals? Yeah, so I emailed, messaged um, Kevin Matthews, who is the main guy in WrestlePro New Jersey because WrestlePro has two schools. They have the New Jersey and New York. So I was um, with the New Jersey school and he was like, yep, come down. Um, So I spent a couple weeks training and he was like, we'll get you in this tournament. So I was like, amazing. Um, And then did the first match and he was like, I'm thinking maybe we can – have you in the finals and I was actually originally supposed to leave America two weeks before that final wow so I was like Mm -hmm. okay I'll change my flight so I ended up like changing my flight um pushing back the two weeks I ended up flying out the day after that final and yeah that match with Lady Frost I'm really proud of um I think we put on a really good match for the inaugural championship for them. Um, everyone was happy with it. It was so much fun. Uh, the chemistry me and Frost have is like, we just clicked like that. Um, she's amazing. So, so talented. And 
I was really thankful that I had that opportunity um, to kind of show out. Yeah, and hopefully we get you over here in the States again soon. I know you've done some non-wrestling travel here, but in your survey mm-hmm. of the talent in the States, are there any certain competitors outside in the in the U.S. landscape that you hope to get to work with in the future and why? Oh, in U.S. See, I didn't really have that much of an opportunity to meet too many that um that I really would like to I feel like most of the the talent have been picked up in the last couple years um so yeah especially with AW like they just kind of and even WWE like a lot of the talent is just picked up but 100% Steph Delander because she's still in the independence. She's one of my best friends. Yes, I want to wrestle her again. <laughs> she's at the top of my list. She's always at the top of my list. You know, that that's totally fair. And she's been obviously making a name for herself now back on the independence with and without mm-hmm. Matt Cardona, depending where she goes. She's had a, a heck of a run. And, and like I said, you've obviously been to the States for some non-wrestling occasions as well. I've seen you take trips to Florida, Vegas, Memphis, a lot of places. So what are some non-wrestling aspects that you've enjoyed about your travel to the States? Experiencing what each city has to offer because they're so different (laughs) so like you can be in Vegas and it's all lights and no sleep and then you go to the Grand Canyon and like Arizona and it's just this beautiful scenery um so being able to experience the the various things that America has to offer depending on which state and city you're in um, was really special and I'm glad I got that opportunity. New York was one of my favorite places so I definitely want to get back there in the winter time to see it like snowing and white and yeah that's that's something I do want to do that's non-wrestling related. Have you, this may be a dumb question, but have you experienced snowfall in your lifetime so far? So the only time, I've only seen snow two times in my life. The first time was only in 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, In Australia, there's some snow in the mountains in Victoria and New South Wales. So I went and did like a snowboarding trip um that was the first time I ever saw snow second time was in Alaska this year with Russell Pro but it was obviously changing the seasons and the snow was old so it was really icy but I was still just fascinated with it so I'm just out there kicking this ice and like stomping on it and you've got all these other wrestlers just watching me being like what are you doing like (laughs) like no, this is so exciting. Um, but we we're actually driving from one city to another and it was snowing while we we're driving. So that's my only experience of actually seeing snowfall um, is in a car. 
You know that that's fair. It's it, I'm just used to it all the time. But I know since you've mainly been in Australia your whole life, you know, other than occasional travel in the last couple of years, you haven't really had that opportunity. And I think you were in Alaska in April ish. So like you said, it was kind yes. of changing. It was it's pretty much springtime, but it's also like Alaska, but it's also getting a bit warmer. So like, mm-hmm. that's fair. We need to get you over here in like early, early spring or like winter or late fall, like somewhere in, in that, you know, time period. So hopefully we get you back here soon. But I know last year too was also another huge uh, tra- another huge opportunity for yourself on the other side of the world. You made your debut for Sendai Girls, which has now evolved into multiple tours of Japan and with your most recent one taking place from late October to mid-November. From what I recall, I believe this debut was originally supposed to happen in 2020, but was then stalled by the pandemic? Correct, yes. So originally... 2020 um and then it was just we'll see how things go um when the world kind of opens up again um we'll invite you back so I kept that connection with Miko and she actually messaged me when I was in America um asking me if I was available for those dates and it was a week after I was due back to leave again so we had to push it back because I had to, so I flew in, I think on the Monday, Tuesday, I know oh Sunday, I got in Sunday, Monday, I had an appointment at the embassy, handed in my visa. I picked it up on the Friday because it was a five day wait period. I flew out that Saturday. Wow. So I was literally home just to get the visa sorted and then I was gone again. So I missed the first couple dates, um, but that that it is what it is. Um, we made it work, and it was still a two-week tour. Yeah, so, I mean, despite the delay, you know, take us back to that moment, that, that first tour. What emotions were you uh, feeling knowing that you finally fulfilled one of your longtime goals? It was pretty surreal, like I I think my first match, I was just so nervous. Um, I think it was maybe like the second or third and we were on the bus driving back um, to where we were staying. And I just kind of had a moment of reflection. I was like, holy shit, like this is two, two and a half years later and I'm here, like I've done this. It's like that moment where it's like, things come back around if you keep working and opportunities will will arise. Um, so you've just got to, got to stick to it and let everything play out because it will work out. Um, but yeah, I was, I was really proud and it was very surreal that I actually got there and got to do that first tour. Um, and it's even more insane that in the last year I've done four all up. Yeah. So yeah, insane. But I was very fortunate that at that first one, Millie McKenzie and Nina Samuels were also there from the UK. So it was quite nice to meet them and get to experience that with other wrestlers as well. Um, it made it a little bit more special. Yeah. And during one of your tours, you know, you also had the opportunity to tag team 
with wrestling legend Aja Kong. So, and I mean, like, it was trios competition, but I mean, being on the same team as a, a veteran, a legend like that, tell us about that experience. Insane. Like, <laughs> what is my life type stuff? Um, yeah, I think I found out maybe the week before or maybe two weeks before mm -hmm. that show. And I was just like, like dumbfounded. Like what, what, what is, is my happening? life? Like I'm wrestling in Japan and I'm tagging with this absolute legend and I'm doing like, what, <laughs> what is this? Um, but yeah, that was insane. Really good. Really fun. Um, yeah, just insane. Like, there's no other. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, you've had quite a successful couple of runs in Japan at the time of recording this. You like just got home a couple days yeah. ago from your most recent tour, and mm -hmm. you've said before that you've learned a lot while you were obviously over there, and still probably to come. But can you tell us some of the things you learned about yourself or about wrestling through your time in Japan so far? Yeah, I think learning the different style um, because it is a different style than what we learn in Australia or America. Um, there's different aspects and components. How you put a match together is very different. Um, obviously, with language barriers as well. Um, so... It's kind of like if I look at myself on that first tour compared to the one I've just done, it's definitely allowed me to grow more confidence in myself, um, definitely, as a performer and being able to adapt to different styles. So in Japan, like obviously my size and being able to work around that with those girls um I say I, I would say it's probably the biggest thing I've learned um there but also just training at the dojo and training with the Sendai girls that they're next level like workhorses they are just non-stop they go 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 and being around that you're only going to improve not only physically but mentally um some of the things they do is completely different to how I've learned it uh, here. So being able to learn a move or a transition that I already know, but in a different way. Um, yeah. It's, it's just so important to keep learning and keep evolving um, in this industry, because when you stop learning, you stop improving. Yeah. And, and, you know, you've made a, a lot of strides and, you know, you were training a lot and also wrestling a lot during your time there, but I, I, I hope you at least got some time to explore the scenes while you were out there as well. So of the time that you did have to explore, what aspects of Japan stood out to you? I love the culture. Japanese culture is great. They, the food is amazing. Every meal, without a doubt, is 
delicious. Yeah. Um, but spending most of the time in Sendai, it is a smaller city. Uh, so there's not a lot to do compared to Tokyo. Um, so it's more around eating and drinking. Um, but in Sendai, I found my favorite pub. I'll shout out the Swan. Millie would agree. Um, <laughs> um, best beers. But Tokyo, same thing. I feel like it's just that, like, eating and drinking and kind of going out. And, like, you have your sightseeing things that you can see. Um, like, I went to Disney Sea this this tour, which was so much fun. Um, but there's just something about Japanese people and it's it's amazing. I love it. I can't even remember yeah. what you really said, but no, just just what aspects of it really stood out to you, or that you like enjoyed outside of all the wrestling parts, basically. The food and drinks, definitely. Now, what what was your uh, drink of choice during these trips? Beer. So the Swan does the best Guinness. <laughs> I am not a Guinness drinker. Mm-hmm. Like I've tried it. And maybe like the first two sips were good and then it just doesn't get good. Mm-hmm. But the Swan's Guinness, the whole pint is good. Recommend if anyone goes to Japan and they go to Sendai, you have to go pub the Swan. And then they would rotate their beer like every week, the other three on tap. So we'd go in every week and just try the new beer. <laughs> Obviously on off days when <laughs> we're not wrestling. Um yeah. But, yeah, drink a lot of beer. Oh, and salty lychee, which is like a um, like a rehydration drink, but it's lychee-flavoured. Hmm. So that was a good find. Good to know. I don't know when or if I'm ever going to go to Japan because expensive flights, but that's a dream, you yeah. know. So I will keep mm-hmm. that in the back of my mind and I'm going to take your word for it. So thank you. Yes. Anybody going to Japan? Lena has some uh, good recommend. She's been there multiple times now, so mm-hmm. I feel like you can trust her. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of taking it back, the last time that we were talking, um, we brought talked about some of your basketball background, but Besides basketball and obviously wrestling now, what what did your younger version of Lena envision the older version of herself doing when she got older? Oh, depends what. So, like, when I was diehard watching wrestling, it was I want to be a wrestler when I grow yeah. up. Yeah. And then I was actually having this conversation with one of my other friends trying to think about what was that job like as a kid? And it wasn't like a doctor. It wasn't anything like that. It was actually a TV travel host. <laughs> like, I remember watching, I can't even remember what the show, but it's where like they go to different cities yeah. and countries and they basically show you all the sightseeing things and they tell you how much it is. And I remember watching that and I'll be like, that is the coolest job being able to travel and show people 
all the different things you can do in that mm. particular city or that particular country. I was like, that would be such a cool job. <laughs> um, so I, I would say that as like younger, younger self, um, I've always had this desire to travel um, and see kind of what else there is in this world apart from what we know where we grow up. Um, so, yeah, travelling. And if you get paid to travel, even better. Some kind of half living. Yeah. You know, it's combining, you know, your athletic kind of background with that, with your love of traveling. So Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe you did end up finding the right thing for you, you know? I mean, that's, I mean, you're also kind of showing like your travel to via your, your Instagram. So that's Mm -hmm. like a collection you can always look back on. And now it's just, I guess, like making recommendations and, and stuff. You can do that in multiple forms. I think that's really the only other thing that you have to do is just make some recommendations along the way. I think you're onto something. I'm just thinking of like, Hmm, what sort of content can I create here? Yeah. This yeah. work. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you're up for like building a YouTube channel and, and all of that, but like you, you could, that's a, another avenue to go or via your Instagram. Yep. People like reels. So like reels might be the way to go. I don't know. Just something to yes. consider. I have heard that. <laughs> you know, you've obviously grown a lot. You were talking about how you've learned so much in Japan, but just collectively so far confidence was one you said how do you think that you've grown as a person and as a competitor so far in your career you're going on what year seven now or you're on year seven about that right now yeah I think it'll be seven years February next year so almost seven which is wild um wrestling has taught me a lot um it can be pretty cutthroat at times um so having that ability to you know keep going that resilience um to like mentally being mentally tough um obviously in the ring yes but it's a mindset that you have to have all the time because there's so much that goes into being a wrestler that a lot of people don't see. It's going to the gym. It's training. It's social media. It's, you know, having this, all these components just to have 10 to 15 minutes on a show like I, I think a lot of people don't realize the sacrifices and how much effort and time actually goes into doing this. And don't get me wrong, like there's different levels depending on where you are and what you want to yeah. do. Definitely when I first started, like is very different to where I'm at now because my mindset was still I'm just starting wrestling, but I'm also playing basketball. So it was split between the two. And then it changed when I stopped playing basketball and I solely started wrestling. But even now, like definitely the gym side and working out more um, has increased this last year as well. Um, 
but being able to, because no one's going to give you that motivation. No one's going to make you do those things. You have to do it yourself. Yeah. So having that mindset and, um, you know, drive, like, of course, there's going to be some days where it's not going to be there. Um, and there's some days where, you know, you're off days and that's completely fine because sometimes we need, we need those self-care days where we just separate ourselves, but then being able to jump back in and realign your goals and go, okay, how can I move forward? So I think that's probably one of the biggest things um, I've learned along with other things in my life, external to wrestling, but having that mindset and being able to individually go, all right, how can I make this happen? Well, you've had an, uh, an amazing thing happen, a growth that has earned you a, a spot on the 2023 PWI Women's 250 list where you cracked the top 100 in your first time on the list, by the way, mm. coming in at number 92. Can you talk about your initial reaction to finding this out and also what this kind of honor meant to you? I had no idea. <laughs> I... I didn't even know it was the day that the list was being released. Um, and then I got tagged in a post on Twitter. So I went and checked it out and I was like, oh, fuck, like 92. Yeah. What? Like completely shocked um, because I hadn't been on that list. And obviously like out of 250, that's insane. Like to think about, um, so my initial reaction was complete shock uh, because I wasn't expecting it. And then pretty proud of myself because, you know, looking back at the year I had, I, I did a lot. Um, and I guess it is nice to be recognised um, that the work you put in is being seen by you know, people all over the world um, and to have that recognition along with so many other great women wrestlers is fulfilling, I think, really fulfilling. But also at the end of the day, like, like I said, like it's mindset, it's a list yeah. and it's nice to be recognised and to be put in the same category as so many other talented and amazing women, but it's one day of the year and it's like, okay, let's keep pushing. Let's keep going forward. Um, let's make this next year better than the last year. And whether I poll, I poll, but you know, it's at the end of the day, it is a list. It's nice to be recognized. And I feel grateful that I am a part of that. Um, but it doesn't add up to, really the bigger picture that I want for myself if that yeah, makes sense no it I don't makes know if that, sense. that sounds bad no no you know you know like take a moment but obviously you know keep moving forward and don't let um not not don't become complacent essentially I think yes. is what you're you're saying you yes. know and obviously before we look toward the future in 2024 now I kind of 
Wanna, again, we've talked a lot about this year. You said 2022 for you was a year for the books. You said at the beginning of this that we said at the beginning of this, you left Perth, you traveled to new countries, completed some bucket list items. You pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. Fast forward now a year later, we're now headed toward the end of 2023. How would you summarize or I guess assess your 2023 year from a personal and professional aspect, because the new year is right around the corner. You're mm-hmm. I not that post that, you know, that, that summary post reflection post is going to be coming up. How would you summarize your 2023? Hmm. I want to say something like, it was just wild. Like I had so many moments this year, like you were saying, like the start of 2020, it was all about change and growth Yeah, and pushing myself out of comfort zones so I could get there get to get the growth and um, get the change that I wanted. This year, I think there was a lot of experiences and opportunities which uh, confirmed that the path I'm on is the right path and confirmed that the work I'm doing is working and that I'm in the right spot, that where I'm going is where I'm supposed to be. Like obviously the tours of Japan, going back to America, doing Alaska, um, doing the World Series tour. Um, There was a lot of moments in there where I kind of sat back and reflected and went, I belong here. This is, you know, I'm keep working. It's all going to come together. It's all going to work out, um, which is a nice feeling when obviously so much negative things and um, can kind of slow you down. So having a few of those moments where, you know, you're like, yeah, th- this is where I am. This is this is where we're going and all this hard work is is paying off and you just got to keep pushing and keep going. Two more questions for you. Let's talk about one of those moments that you mentioned world series wrestling, you know, there, it was, uh, I, I want to say like a four five day tour, six day tour, a, a short tour, but you know, you, what you did some travel around uh, Australia, but on that first day, you were a part of Cassie Lee's return match to the wrestling scene after giving birth and being away for like a year and a half at that point. It was a part of a tag team match, you and Jessica Troy teaming up. Tell yes. us about being a part of being a part of Cassie Lee's return. And also, I mean, teaming with Jessica, I don't think you two have done that too too often. Yes. Tell us about tell us about that moment being a part of Cassie Lee's return and just, you know, just the whole tour in general. Yeah. It, it was special. Like I think she was obviously quite nervous um, to get back in and being able to be a part of that for her um, is obviously a special moment and especially what she's done for the Australian scene and particularly women in Australia. You know, she's one of the, 
the leaders that has left and gone and she's paved this road that has allowed other wrestlers in Australia to, you know, venture out and go, okay, that's, that's, that's what we can do as well. Um, so it definitely was special to be a part of that moment for her. Um, and then being able to tag, you're right. I actually don't think Jess and I have ever tagged. We've had some singles, um, but she's incredible and so, so talented. So it's always fun being in the ring with her and tagging along her was even more fun. Um, but yeah, that, that first tag was, was special Mm, for sure. You know, as we wrap things up here, you know, at the time of recording this, this is going to be coming out at the end of December. 2024 is quite upon us. So as you're kind of looking at the new year coming up, what are some of your personal and professional goals for the next year, besides obviously traveling more? Yeah. um, So this year I quit a nine to five job. Um. And I kind of, that day I made a goal that I never want to have a nine to five job again. So 2024, that's going to be one of the main goals is working towards putting things in place where I don't have to work. A a typical non-wrestling nine to five job. Yeah. Um, Continuing to travel um that point in December I'll actually be in America yep (laughs) so um yeah having more opportunities uh America Japan I'm hoping to go to the UK um 2024 as well so just do as much travel continue building the lean across brands and yeah, continuing on this path that has really accelerated the last two years. And make Lena Cross a household name, I know is another mm-hmm. one of your major goals. I, th- I think you're yeah. well on your way to accomplishing that, Lena. So thank you so much thank for chatting you. with me here today. Again, before we let you go, can you please share where the listeners can find you online and support you? Yeah, uh, Instagram, Lena underscore cross. Twitter with the, with the is K, the same. by the way. Yes, cross with a K. Um, and Twitter is the same, I believe. Yes, Lena underscore cross with a K. Um, they're my two main platforms. So definitely give me a follow and see what I'm up to and where I'm at. And yeah, hopefully 2024 is just as big or bigger than. 2023 and especially uh we look forward to your uh mystery ventures into the states next year Mm -hmm. looking forward (laughs) to that lena thank you so much for chatting with me here today no thank you for having me